Our first reading today is from the book of Revelation in the 14th chapter. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give Him glory, because the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading this morning from the letter to the Romans in the ninth, or excuse me, third chapter. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time, so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then, what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. Well, by what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith, apart from works of the law. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise as you are able and honor the gospel. And our gospel reading is from John's gospel in the 8th chapter. So, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So, if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you as you gather us together around your word that we would hear of your righteousness in Christ, that we would hear of your love for us and all that you give to us as a free gift. We pray, Lord, that you work by your Spirit at this time. Remove distractions from our hearts and minds that we would hear of the truth that sets us free. In your Son Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Well, here it is, Reformation Day. Yay! It's a wonderful day in the church year. Now, not all traditions celebrate this day as much as Lutherans do, but this is a beautiful day in the church year where we see where and celebrate where God has worked through the people of His church to point His church back to Jesus. 
That's why the red is out. That's why the lights are red and my bow tie is red. And any other pastor that wears stoles is wearing red today because we look at the days in which the Holy Spirit works as celebratory days, feast days. So we see this on Pentecost, we see it on Confirmation Day, and here on Reformation Day. And this day where we remember the beautiful gifts of God given so freely through Christ alone, right? By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, found in God's Word alone, to the glory of God alone. Alone, it's God's work. Alone, it's God that brings us righteousness. And we even hear as Paul writes to the Romans about righteousness at the present time. And we start to wonder, what kind of righteousness did they need to hear about? Well, the righteousness at the present time, for that moment when Paul was writing, you had kind of two views. You had the righteousness of works under the Jewish law, which was a righteousness that you worked for and that you earned and that you did in your life to show your righteousness and obedience so that God would see you. Then outside of the church, you had the Gentiles. Sought a righteousness all their own. They still had to work for their worthiness. It was to a different God and it was in a different way, yet before one another, they would still work for their own righteousness. And a similarity between those two, though, is that they saw something outside of themselves that demanded righteousness of them. Okay. Luther's day... Not much had changed. As Luther spoke to a church that was something outside of the people that demanded righteousness from them, as Luther then reads these words in the letter to the Romans, and he hears them, and they're a revelatory mind shift of things. Because he had been working under the uh, Catholic understanding of how to work out your obedience and show your righteousness so that God would see you. Sure, he washed away original sin in your baptism, but then from that moment on, you had to confess everything, you had to do penance, you had to make sure that everything that you did was focused in on how you showed your love for God, your righteousness as a Christian. And so as Luther hears these words, and he walks in an understanding of a church that has an expectation of righteousness of him, a church who stands in God's place that has an expectation of a righteousness over him, he hears that this righteousness is a free gift, a beautiful thing, something that has been handed over to him where this God that demands something of him has now not only been just, but also the justifier and the one who has made him righteous before God all through the faithfulness of Jesus and His righteousness handed over as a free gift. Righteousness given to Him at His present time, freely in Jesus. Now from the ancient church up until Luther's day, pretty much the same mindset. Something outside of us that demanded a righteousness of us and when that law is put in front of us, we know that we can't live up to it. And so we're left in a bit of despair. And if we are looking at what that law demands, we realize it's pretty hard to be righteous enough. And we never know if we're righteous enough. But a couple, year, a couple hundred years or so after Luther, things change. You see, what 
he heard of righteousness coming from God and uh, from the early church on until his time, it was still a position of a church realizing that the problem was not with God, the problem was with man. And man couldn't be righteous enough, so God had to do something. Yet after Luther, after a couple hundred years, a mind shift happened in Western thought. On the philosophical side of things, we can call it the Enlightenment. It began with Descartes. And as he stripped away everything else, as he pondered what it meant to exist, and he said, you know what, I've got it all the way down to after stripping everything else away, after stripping God away, and after stripping actions away, and works away, and everything else, I stand here and I'm still thinking about things. So because I'm thinking about things, I must therefore exist. Now, I am the center of things, and I will build back to God. But see, the center change. The center changed from a God that demanded something of a creation to a creation that then demanded and got to make a decision about a God. And as years have gone by from that point until now, if we talk to most people, they would not be of a general understanding of saying, you know what, there's a God out there that expects something of me and I can decide whether or not I'm going to listen to that or try and work my righteousness. No, they would say, no, there's a God out there that has to justify himself to me. There's a God out there that I demand righteousness of because I see evil in the world and knowing that people are thinking and existing and people are for the most part good. Now, this is an idea outside the church, right? That people are generally good and that if evil things are happening, they're happening because of a God that lets them happen. And how could a good and just and righteous God let evil things happen? So if that God wants me to believe in Him, He's got to make Himself righteous to me or he's got to justify himself to me he's got to make it worth my time to believe in him righteousness at the present time is no longer something that most of the culture outside of the church would see as something that god demands of people but it would be something that people demand of god god why aren't you righteous in this present time why aren't you doing things the way that i expect them to be done if you're a good and gracious god See, people still demand righteousness. They still demand righteousness of you. I think of putting something kind of controversial on a Facebook post or a website somewhere and writing something and putting something out there. Somebody will read it and critique it. And not always a critique that they're inviting good conversation, but a critique where they're going to say, you're wrong. That is not appropriate. That is not right. And I don't think it's right based upon my feelings. I don't think it's right based upon my understanding of things. The standard is no longer God's in our culture, but the standard is individual in every single person. I mean, go on Yelp or any other version of a restaurant review thing and look at all of the different reviews of a restaurant where you may have had a wonderful and excellent meal and somebody else is going to critique it by a different standard. So righteousness at this present time is still demanded. It is a righteousness that we can never live up to as well because it's a subjective righteousness that ebbs and flows with the feelings and trends of the culture. And if something bumps up against it, watch out. Because if it doesn't support a person's uh, general understanding of the way things should be or if it hurts their feelings or if it makes them have to change in some way, Well, if enough people don't like it, they get rid of it. 
See, God is still there. God is still there. And in our conversations with people, you can say, you know what? You're absolutely right. Righteousness at this present time is absolutely necessary. But it's necessary not based on our standards. It's necessary based on God's standards. And God's standards that we hear in the law is something that points out our sin. And as we see our sin before that, we find ourselves not being able to be righteous enough or not being able to be obedient enough or do enough or care for people enough or do anything that is worthy enough of God to pay attention to us. And so we're left again at a moment of despair, not being able to be righteous enough at this present time. But thanks be to God that He manifested His righteousness apart from the law, whether it's our law, His law, whatever the case may be, He manifested His righteousness apart from the law so that He would take care of fulfilling His standard all on His own, passing over former sins, so that at the perfect moment in time, he would be both just by taking care of the law that needed to be fulfilled, and he'd be the justifier by the one who then declares people just. By fulfilling the law and then declaring people justified, he is handing over Christ's righteousness as a free gift. So it's something that is given to you without your work and without your doing. And so that by Christ alone, by God's grace alone, through faith alone, you are made righteous. Not because you've upheld some certain law, not because you've done enough or been good enough or been faithful enough, but because God has decided to give you a free gift of His grace and mercy in Christ. As Christ paid the payment of God's wrath in His blood and then rose from the dead righteous and free hands that over to you so that at the present time you are righteous not by works of the law so that any man may boast but by faith by God's grace by what God has done for you so that you would live forgiven so that you would live with a weight off your shoulders so that you would have confidence in eternal life knowing that God has made you righteous in Jesus that all of his gifts are given to you. No penance necessary. No obedience or pilgrimages necessary. No check boxes to have to fill out by your last days, but knowing that you are held in the beautiful cradle of God's hands because of what Christ did for you on the cross. So that you are righteous at the present time because of Jesus. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the free and gracious gift of Christ's righteousness that you have bestowed upon us in our baptism, that you have called us children, that you have given us the gift of your Spirit, the gift of your Word, the gift of your grace, and the gift of life. By your grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, found in your Word alone, and to your glory alone. Amen. Would you please rise?